and welcome to Reality Roots with me, your host, Hillary. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Uh, happy Pride. I should have said that weeks ago, but I didn't. And Not weeks ago, I guess. Mm, when this comes out. Yeah, maybe weeks ago. I'm sorry. I should have said that a long time ago. I'm very excited for another Pride Month. Happy Pride to one and all. And then I thought about today how I probably should have done something more themed for the month, but I did not. But I'm going to try next week to get something more relevant, I guess, to Pride Month. I will say, I watching, this has nothing to do with today's episode, but watching these things back, I am floored by how much progress we have made in the last like 20 or 30 years. I do not want to under mm, word missing. I want to say underestimate, but I don't think that's the word. Under value, I guess, like how much work there is still to be done and how in so many places the work that has already been done is uh, people are trying to unravel it quickly. But I don't want that to happen. I want us to keep moving forward into the future. And I hope that um, all of you will put your energy into that as well as I am. Let's all be good allies if we're not part of the community, shall we? And like active allies. I want us, I mean, well, I can't speak for everyone, I guess. I want everyone to be like a... um, I don't know. I guess I know that they say like... You know, it's one thing to not be racist and another thing to be anti-racist and to be the person who doesn't just, you know, I you're not a racist, but if things happen around you and you don't say anything, then that's not being a good ally to that community either. I want to be like an, I want to be anti-hate, I guess. I don't know, anti-bigotry, like I, I want to call it out when I see it. That's my goal. I hope you will all join me in kind of pledging that this Pride Month, or at least using it as a reminder, uh, that we should all do everything we can so that everybody in our country, in the world, feels safe and can be their authentic selves. As I said, that has nothing to do with this week's episode that I've chosen, this episode, this is Sally, Jesse, Raphael, and the title is I'm Pregnant and He Dumped Me. This is a weird one to go through. I took a lot of verbatim notes. I always feel like I end up doing that with Sally. There's less of the gimmicks of, uh, you know, a Jerry or a Ricky. Sally is a little bit more serious. I think in an early episode I called Sally a fuddy-duddy and I've never felt that that word was more appropriate for a person. Sally, you know, this episode, like she is dressed like a teacher. Like if, if you have teachers in your life where you're like, oh, that's a teacher. Like she doesn't, she's not just a teacher. She's like a teacher in the 90s. Like she has the glasses and she has her hair and she has her makeup and like her outfit. It's like a, a, kind of a brown power suit but it's in brown it's got a ruffle like she just looks like exactly what my teachers looked like or principals maybe looked like when I was growing up we get kind of like a black and white sort of intro for like each of the stories that we're gonna see and Sally doesn't really do a final thought so much as she does an initial thought or maybe she's just putting the final thought first for some reason but I did write that out because I felt like it was a good introduction so Sally brings us into this by saying what kind of emotional maturity does it take to commit not just to raising a baby but to standing by the other person in your relationship You know, on our show, we often talk to people who we feel are just too young to be parents. Well, it doesn't matter what we feel. People are going to go have sex. (laughs) And if they go have sex, they're going to, in many cases, get pregnant. Today, we're going to see what happens when very young men and women find themselves facing parenthood without even quite reasoning it out, knowing what it's all about, and before they're ready. As you'll see today... 
What happens too often is they handle the stress by running away. Today, you're going to meet women who say they were dumped by the guy who ran away, the guy who got them pregnant. Feel like she fucked up at the end. (laughs) They were dumped by the guy who ran away. Yeah, that's how running away works, I think. (laughs) As she finishes talking, we're looking at Leanne who's our first guest, and she just looks sad. I don't know, or, like, disengaged, depressed, I guess. Like, she's just staring off into space listening to Sally describe her shit choices. (laughs) Like, oh, fuck. Uh, Leanne is very pretty. She's also very pregnant, and she looks tired, I think, because she's pregnant. But she is very pretty. Her face is very pretty. She does look sad. I wish she smiled, but I understand why she is not smiling in this case. Sally tells us that this past July, Leanne thought life was perfect. She was going to marry her husband, Troy, and then her nightmare came true and everything unraveled and Troy took off. Leanne is currently eight months pregnant. Leanne says, well, our relationship was always spontaneous. We're always having fun. We were traveling. We were going places. (laughs) It's very funny. Going places. Yes, I was 20 when we were living together and we were engaged in January 1996. Sally says, and he came home one day and said he didn't want to live with you. Leanne's like, right, we moved in. Right, sorry, he moved in with a bunch of co-workers, one of whom was a girl. And he said he felt obligated to be with her because he was living there. Sally's like, oh, he was having sex to make her feel good because he was living with her. Well, that's nice. In like the most sarcastic voice. Leanne's like, well, I don't know if they were having sex. Like he denied that, but he said he felt obligated to have a relationship with her. Troy, were you just leading this woman on so you could live with her? Because that's rude. I mean, regardless of like what you did to Leanne also seems rude, but that's rude. Like that's not that's not nice. You're just leading some lady on so you can have a, get your own fucking apartment, Troy. Fuck you. Troy is standing backstage and I don't know why, like I've, I've I've said it again and I'll say it again. Most of the time when it's a story on Sally and we're talking to the first person and they're on stage, the other people or the other person is backstage in like a little thing, not like the whole set that Ricky had going on last week, but I don't know, like just there's like a background and there's their face and they're obviously watching the screen in front of them. We can't see the screen, but they're like reacting to what they see. But in terms of what we see, it's them in front of like a, again, it's not the fanciest background I've ever seen, but there's like a sheet or I don't know, there's some kind of decor to make it look like a thing that's supposed to be on TV. But for some reason, Troy isn't standing there. He's standing backstage uh, we can see like all the guts of the set, like all, I don't even know how to describe it, but like all the behind the scenes stuff, right? Like boxes and cameras and all that junk. There's like fully a cameraman that we can see, uh, no decor. And he's watching what's happening on stage on like the shitty, I know. Okay. I call it like a shitty old school TV. Maybe for the time it was more current, But looking at it now, it's just hard to look at, like, a non-flat screen TV and not be like, oh, God, what are you watching? And he's kind of, like, smiling while he's watching this. I just didn't understand why he couldn't be in the nice area, why he had to be in the shitty, no production value area. But we still had to watch his face. I don't know. Sally says, okay, so one day he calls you and you said you might be pregnant. Leanne's like, right, well, I missed my period, and I told him that. He said he wanted to get back together. I asked, well, is it because I'm pregnant? And he said, no, he really did love me, and he wanted to work things out. So we got back together, and then I've written one slash fifth, or like one slash five. I don't know what that means. And Oh, probably one and a half. Sorry. So we got back together and one and a half weeks later, we moved into his mom's house. Then I got my period. So I wasn't pregnant. Then in April, uh, Leanne was late again. So they both went to the doctor and found out they were pregnant for realsies. Uh, she says we were ready, getting ready to be a family. Uh, we went to Reno to get married because our parents didn't get along. 
When we got back, he'd get back from work late and then he'd go out and play basketball between like two and three in the morning. Sally tries like a gotcha here because she's like, where do you live? I was like, Washington. And Sally's like, Washington State, like state of. And she's like, yeah. And Sally's like, what's the weather like two, three in the morning? Washington, what, are you going to play basketball? And Leanne's like, well, it, it was summer, so... That's fine. Like, the temperature was fine. Uh, not the point. Uh, she says she'd ask him, look that, regardless of what he was doing, she says she'd ask him to stay home, but it would end up in a huge fight. She explains that, like, he would not have sex with her at all. And she was only four months pregnant at this time, but he said he felt uncomfortable. And she was like, I understand that a lot of guys feel uncomfortable with that. And he, but like he wouldn't even hug or kiss her, which is really not what most guys are uncomfortable about. <laughs> he said, he told her that when they got their own place, like it would all be different. And the day they got their place, he moved all the shit in. Uh, she picked him up from work that night. And then he picked that moment to be like, mm, I actually don't want to be with you and I don't want to work things out. He said he didn't want to do counseling because he didn't think it would help. And then he said the words, I don't love you and I never had. Again, my superpower is knowing when people are for sure broken up. And I feel like that's a big moment if someone says, I don't love you and I never had. It's it's done. Whatever you thought you had with that person is is over now. Really, no. I mean, they're having a kid, but beyond the kid I would say probably no discussion further required at that point Sally's like well what do you want to ask him or like what do you want to say to him and Leanne says well I want to know why he even married me to begin with and why he's being so immature I think you might have answered your first question with your second question I think he might y'all are young like I yeah I think people make bad choices they're young like that that's why you should probably I the thing is Sally's such a bitch about it but I do I guess basically agree with her like it's it's probably not a good idea to have kids before you're actually ready and like your brain doesn't really finish developing till say at least mid-20s so I it might not be advisable to have kids before then but that being said like it it happens and in a lot of cases it's fine I don't like I don't know. I I uh I read a parenting book once that was kind of a non-parenting book. I really enjoyed it. If you have kids, I would recommend it. It was oh gosh. Well, that's embarrassing cuz now I can't remember. I want to say it was like low effort parenting or something like that. Uh it was it it had a whole chapter about how there's actually no good time to have a kid. Because if we start at the beginning, so if you're 16 and you have a baby, expectations are pretty low on the ground. Like you have no reason. There's two factors. There's resources and expectations. <laughs> expectations leading to the pressure you put on yourself. So being 16, you have no resources, which isn't good. But also there's no expectation that you're going to do good. <laughs> so it really takes the pressure off of you as a parent, which in a lot of cases is a good thing. And then as you get older, say, okay, now you're like 18 to 22, you still have no resources. The expectations might be a little bit higher, though, that you should be able to take care of a baby, which is especially hard if you have no, you don't have resources, like nobody's making money 18 to 22. And then basically as you get older, your resources are most likely getting like expanded you have more resources to take care of a baby more maturity things like that but then also you there's a lot of expectations like if you make it up to 40 and you're having your first kid it's easy to think to yourself like oh I waited this long and now I have all these resources I better have the most perfect kid that ever existed and that's a lot of pressure to put on your kid and also on yourself so that's also it, it could be tougher in a different way to have kids later as well. I don't even remember why I got that. <laughs> where I got that. Oh, because I do agree that like it's not great to have kids so young, but then I do see that there's sort of 
assets and liabilities, I guess, both ways to have it at any time in your life, there's always going to be something. But yeah, I don't, I also recognize the lack of resources that you will have being so young. And I mean, resources, not just like financial resources, but also emotional resources, because I just, I, I see that you don't necessarily have all the emotional resources that are required to raise a baby, which is a lot, by the way. Anyway, I digress. So (laughs) Sally actually asks the audience not, I thought this was good. She asked the audience not to boo Troy when he comes out. Like she was like, okay, I'm going to bring Troy out. Could you guys just not boo when he comes out? (laughs) Because I don't want to start it on that foot, right? That's just going to lead the whole thing to shit. Troy is very handsome. His eyes are really far apart, but he's got a very like chiseled face. He looks like, for some, I don't know why, but I got kind of like an M&M from him a little bit. More of like he had the cleft, does M&M have a cleft chin? Or like a chin dimple? I don't know. He's got a really shitty haircut though. It's like super short and straight across bangs. <laughs> so aggressive. And he's got a collared shirt with a hideous pattern on it. Sally says, Troy, I'm getting an extremely confused story of on again, off again. Why did you get married? And Sally, I didn't think that was really fair. I didn't think it was a very confused story. I felt like it was relatively easy to understand compared to a lot of mixed bags that we get in terms of stories on these talk shows sometimes. Troy says, well, in March I left because I was unhappy and we weren't getting along. And then I went to live with a work friend, but I didn't have sex with her, but I did start a relationship with her because I felt obligated. Okay. So that's stupid, but it does line up with what Leanne's saying. He says, Leanne called me to say she was going to the hospital. I miss you. She threatened suicide. And he tells us that she had attempted suicide years before they met, which I also put a big question mark next to you because Leanne... I don't think it says how old she is, but she's not old. Did it say how old she was? No. But she's not... She can't, Well, from what we hear later, like she can't be older than 21. So... When was that? That she attempted suicide years before they met? I. She must have been pretty young. I don't know if that's something we need to like hold against her. He says... Well, I felt bad. I felt obligated to work to go back now because she's pregnant. And then I went back and I found out she lied to me. She wasn't pregnant until after we got back together. I don't know. Maybe Leanne did lie, but I didn't really think it was necessarily true. Again, people really come down on Leanne for this quote unquote lie. But like, you can think you're pregnant and not be pregnant, especially when you're so young. I <laughs> Listen, if you have a uterus... Tell me there wasn't a moment in your teens, like before you turned 20, that you got really scared that you were pregnant. And in hindsight, you see that it was for no reason. <laughs> like, just if there's somebody out there that that never happened to you, then let me know. But I, I get the impression that happened to most people. And then you get really freaked out because you think you're pregnant. And then that makes you stressed out. And then it makes your period take even longer to come. So like I... I see that. I don't think it's, I I wouldn't really call it necessarily a lie, but obviously I wasn't there. So maybe she did straight up lie. I have no idea. Anyway, uh, Troy says that she was threatening to keep the kid from him. And that was something he didn't want. And again, Sally tries with a gotcha where she's like, how could she keep the kid from you? It wasn't even born yet. And he's like, no, no, he, she was telling me that when the kid was born, she would be keeping the kid from me. That's different. Again, makes sense. Sally just keeps trying to like find her. She's like a prosecutor, I guess. Like she's trying to find a hole in the story, but like, Sally, you're fine. It's fine. Not everything is a gotcha moment. So he agreed to come back and try it out. He says her mom doesn't like him. This made me laugh. He said she wanted to get married on seven seven ninety seven for the date. Like she liked that date, so they flew out to Reno to get married on that date. And I want you to know this is shitty. I shouldn't say this because I obviously don't know who is going to listen to this. But 
there was a person that I knew who was very determined to get married on 10-10-2020, like October 10th. That was it, October 10th, 2020. And oh boy, did that not work out. And she had put like, she, it was, I think she was engaged for like two or three years or I could be wrong with that, but she was engaged for a long time holding out for that date specifically. And then obviously COVID happened in 2020 and everything got blown to shit. And I've, what is schadenfreude? I've never felt so much schadenfreude in my life where I was like, you idiot. Like you should have just done it a long time ago. Who cares about the fucking date? Like I... I feel like when people are getting hung up on, like, the date of the wedding, maybe they're not getting married for the right reason. That's just me. I'm sure they're fine. Sally asks Troy if he was in love with Leanne when he married her. He says, no. Well, why would you marry someone you don't love? Sally asks. Troy says, the kid. (laughs) Obviously, like, what the fuck are you... the, The kid. Sally asks if he's seeing someone else now. Troy says no. Sally asks if he's... Didn't she just ask you this? Oh, no. I guess it was... Okay, that was past tense. Sally's like, well, are you in love with her now? Troy says no. Sally says, well, what are you going to do about this kid on the way? And Troy's like, I don't know. Take care of it as best I can, I guess. Like, there's some applause for that. Oh, my God, Sally, let it go. Why do you keep asking? What is this, Barbara Walters? Like, she's like... Have you ever loved her? This is the last three questions. I swear to God. Were you in love with her when you married? When you married her? Are you in love with her? Have you ever loved her? Like, (laughs) calm down. Troy's like, I have started. I started having some serious feelings for her. Yeah. And Sally's like, have you ever loved her? (laughs) Troy's like, I would have to say yes. I had some strong feelings. I couldn't say if it was love or not. And Sally's like, what is this mess? <laughs> Troy's like, uh, it's kind of weird. <laughs> I don't know. Like, gosh, Sally's so weird. It's She handles it exactly like I would have expected any of these, like, principals or teachers uh, to handle it. Vis-a-vis in a very, like, well, let's talk about it sort of way, but nothing actually gets, like, accomplished. <laughs> Sally asks Leanne if she thinks they can work things out, and Leanne says no because of all the lying. Do I think she means Troy? Is it the basketball lying? Doesn't, I don't, her, was she admitting to lying about the pregnancy? Like, I didn't really get that. Troy explains that three weeks before they got married, Leanne told him that if she had somewhere to go, and wasn't so dependent on him, she would leave. So he's like, so was she really serious then? No, she wasn't, because she threatened the same thing. Uh, He says she was doing it because she lived with me and my parents, and when it came down to it, she wasn't interested. She told him that she wanted the perfect family, but it's not like that anymore. Quote, it's the 90s. Things have changed. (laughs) I guess they have since the 50s, but... Oh boy, I wonder where Troy is now. I wonder what his life I've never been so intrigued for some reason to go and dig into someone's life and see if I could find them Sally it says she's like well you are educated you sorry you are educated you know about birth control you know about relationships we'll be right back (laughs) then they go to the commercial I was like I oh I thought you were leading up to something there Sally but guess not as we go to commercial there's a shot of Leanne and Troy sitting next to each other in these chairs And I thought their body language really said a lot. They looked like a V. (laughs) They were both, like, their butts were in the seats, but they were both leaning away from each other. Like, I never want to see this person. Sally said, well, Sally says, as I said, as a parent, you can say, well, maybe you shouldn't do this, but I have the feeling no one listens to me. Maybe by talking to people in this situation, people will listen to them. (laughs) And then she says, I want to say what this was the most aggravating I got really aggravated with Sally in this episode I think she was off base a lot of times she says I want to say one thing right off the top of this program and I was like well you're too fucking late Sally because we've already had a whole segment so you should you're late on your why would you say that that just tell us the fact unforced error from Sally she goes on that 24 million children in the U.S. 
She says, that's as many people as live in five European countries do not live in homes with their fathers. This kind of abandonment is not known in any other country in the world. America is the only country in the world where there are 24 million children who have been abandoned by their biological fathers. Three quarters of these children will live in poverty before age 11. They will fail in school, have early sex, and have drugs and alcohol problems. That was her statement. She read that off a paper and immediately I was like, I have so many questions. Like, I think I have a question for everything that you just said. Which European countries? Because that makes a big fucking difference, doesn't it? Are we talking about Luxembourg? I think Luxembourg has like, I don't even think a Luxembourg has 1 million people in it total. So I feel like that's kind of, anytime someone's like, oh, that's as many people as live in five European countries. I think like, okay, <laughs> again, which ones? Like, that's such a cherry-picked thing to say. That's, we could say that about almost anything. Those countries are smaller than the United States. Period. What about widows? Are widows included in this figure of 24 million? Because we can't... What, what do you want them to do? Like, it's not... That could also... I, I just... I Maybe it's not a big part of that 24 million, but I, it's got to be some part of that 24 million. And I would have liked clarification on that. When she says, <laughs> I go on, I really bothers me when people aren't careful with these words. When she says this kind of abandonment is not known in any other country in the world. First of all, okay, if you're if we're taking it literally, this kind of abandonment, which by, so abandonment by biological fathers is not known in any other country in the world, doubt it. Do you mean the rate of abandonment? That maybe I could possibly get on board with if we're talking about like a per capita rate. The U.S. has more people than most countries in it. So the if we're talking about number, what type, or what rate, those are very different things. And I would love it if we could be more careful with that. So next, I was going to say second, this is probably like my sixth question. Are the, seven, the, the 75% of these children who are going to live in poverty before age 11, is that the same 75% that are going to fail in school and have sex and drugs and alcohol? Or is it like a different 75? Or what is the cross-section on that? Like I, what is, what is the, what I also want to know what the statistic is on just general population. How many kids are projected to live in poverty before age 11? I feel like it's probably a lot. That's all. <laughs> we'll stop now on that. But Sally, be better, especially if you're going to print something out and write it on a fucking card for yourself so that you can read it. Do better. <laughs> Either do better reading or do better writing or something. But I, that was, I just, she just kept harping on about it like a teacher where it was like, I, I really, I don't think you made any good points in there. So I don't know why you keep shoving it down my throat. Up next, Selena, who does not look like a Selena. Selena is 18 years old. It does say that. Selena's six months pregnant, and she's been with uh, this man, Joseph, for four years, so since she was 14. She looks a lot... This was a weird episode for me, because a lot of the references of people who look like people aren't going to be relevant to literally any person except for myself, but she looks a lot like one of my good friends who I grew up with and went to high school with, but that friend is one of the most gorgeous women that I know in real life. Selena hasn't found that yet. She needs help. I would send her literally to my friend to be like, can you please help her because you have the same face and you are looking gorgeous and she needs your help to look as gorgeous as you do. She needs help with her makeup and the styling. The hair is like almost a mushroom cut. It really does not suit her face. And I'm heartbroken because again, I know how beautiful she can be because I have seen her literal face looking amazing. I just, I, I mean, she's only 18, so hopefully she finds that. When it cuts to Joseph backstage for his reactions, by the way, we can see he gets to be in the nice area, the nice green room part of the backstage where we normally watch people react. So again, not sure what was happening for uh, this other guy. Selena, uh, was it Troy? Selena 
and Joseph already have a child together. Now Selena says she's devastated because he left when she was four months pregnant with her second. Sally asks some questions of Selena. So she's like, oh, so four years ago you were 14 when you met Joseph? And she's like, well, I was almost 15. And Sally's like, so 14. <laughs> Sally asks if it was a good relationship when it started when she was 14. With a little bit of sarcasm in there, Selena says, well, it was good for the first eight months, which I was like, okay. I mean, when you're 14, eight months is a long time in a relationship, I guess. She says he would come over to my house and we'd see each other every day at school. Been with him for a long time now and I still do care for him. Sally asks her, well, okay, so when did things go wrong? Selena says, um, and then Sally cuts her off and says, now I think that when a 14-year-old commits to a guy and having his baby, you've got a problem right then and there by the very nature of it. But as I said, we parents can talk all the time. Nobody's going to listen. <laughs> Fucking calm down, Sally. What do you... It, that was four years ago. Like, nobody listens to you. Yeah, because you're talking to them from the future. Fucking idiot. Like, what do you want them to do? Sally says, so, okay, so you started to argue all the time, right? Selena's like, yeah, well, it didn't get so bad the first time we broke up, but I think it was because he graduated high school and he got a car and he didn't want to be tied down to anybody. Yeah, that's normal. Of anybody on this show that I have the most amount of empathy for, to be honest, it's probably Joseph that's that's I mean if we didn't have kids involved that would be very normal like you grow up you're like oh I'm not in high school anymore oh I got a car yeah I don't want to be with my high school girlfriend that's like an old me I mean some people do but I it's unusual for a reason Sally oh we find out that when she first got pregnant she was 17 that was fairly recent. Sally says, okay, so he said he would marry you, get a job, take care of the child. How long did that last? Selena's like, um, about five months. I was living with him and his mom. And Sally again, she's like, you know Sally Jesse Raphael's rule number two, never move in with the family. Never. Okay. It's It's an official rule. And it's very funny to me when somebody talks about themselves in the third person and they have three names like so Jesse you could have just said my rule number 2 no she says specifically you know Sally Jesse Raphael's rule number 2 referring to herself so Sally says okay so okay you began to suspect he was cheating because he'd come home drunk and late and not tell you where he'd been And then after the baby was born in December 1996, did his behavior change again? Selena says, yeah, after the baby came home from the hospital, he stayed with me every night at my parents' house. Christmas Day, we got back together. February 15th. I love the specific timeline on this. (laughs) Very, very specific. February 15th, we moved out and got our own apartment. Sally's like, oh, and then I went bad again. Isn't this some kind of indication on again, off again, on again, that maybe this was not made in heaven? And then she gives like a, you know, the questioning emoji or like the kind of hands to the side, like, oh, like that emoji. Like, oh, maybe it wasn't made in heaven. God, Selena, she's so unbearable. Selena says, well, we care for each other. We just can't get along. Like we argue about everything. Sally says, so June this year, you got pregnant again. You didn't tell him? Selena's like, no, I did tell him, but he'd already told me that he didn't want more kids and that if I got pregnant, he would leave me. That's a shitty thing to say. Sally says, well, how long have you been apart? Selena says, four months. Sally says, okay, you've told us you're frightened. You think your world has collapsed. You're pregnant with his child. You have another child. Is he seeing his old girlfriend? Selena's like, "Mm mm-hmm. Sally's like, okay, you want him back? (laughs) Selena's like, yeah, he helped me make the baby. He should help me take care of him, which is a, you know, it gets applause. That's a nice sound bite, Selena, but I don't know if it's really that simple. Sally says, well, I think it's important you both take the time to hear what the other person is saying. So you're going to go backstage and he's going to come out and talk to me. And then you can come out after and talk to him yourself. I don't know why she doesn't do this with every couple. (laughs) Because it's a good idea. I I don't know why Troy and Leanne didn't get this or why Troy didn't get this, but we switch it out. We switch him out. Joseph comes out. He's 21 years old. Joseph looks like somebody else that I went to high school with and also grew up with, but I don't want to name, but 
you know, you know, he's kind of bigger. He's got like one of those sort of plaid short sleeve button up shirts on. He's got kind of a goatee. It was just, just, I didn't, I don't, why, again, why would I even tell you guys that? You don't know my friend. doesn't matter to you. Anyway, <laughs> matters to me. So he, Sally lays out the situation for him again and asks him how this makes him feel. And Joseph says, scared and nervous about what will happen. Sally says, well, how many children will you have before you work this out? <laughs> Fucking bitch. Joe's like, well, I don't want any more. Sally's like, did you want this one? And Joe's like, oh, no, it's just, just going to happen. And the audience is like, oh, dumb, dumb. <laughs> Babies don't just happen. Joe says, well, she begged me to have sex with her. Rude. One time we broke up because I wanted to use protection. And then that made her think I was with someone else. But I actually just wanted to start using protection so we wouldn't have more babies. There's like a weird, confused clapping from the audience for that. They agree, but they don't, I guess. Sally asks why they broke up in June. He says they're arguing too much. Very important question. Are you seeing your ex-girlfriend? Joseph says, yes. Are you in love with your ex-girlfriend? Yes. Are you going back to Selena? No. Like one or two people from the audience clap for that. I I don't know why. Maybe it was his girlfriend. I I was really weird to me that Sally kept referring to them as the ex-girlfriend because he's it's like a current girlfriend. I don't know why. I guess maybe she didn't want her name used and that was the easier way, but uh, sounds like current girlfriend. Sally asks him if he's using protection with the ex-girlfriend and he says all the time, won't have sex without it. Yay. Selena comes back. Sally Sally looks at Joe and she's like, if you're not going back to her, tell her now. (laughs) Fuck, she's such, so controlling. Joseph says, I know I care about you, but I just don't think we can work it out. It's a good breakup line, I think. If you if you have to break up with someone, that's not a bad way to start. Selena's like, but you never try. When things get hard, you run back to her. Joseph's like, this is the first time I went back to her. And she's like, no, it's not. You talk about her every time we break up. And Joseph's just like over it. He just like turns from that to Sally to be like, this is why we're breaking up. Like we can't talk to each other. We can't talk sense to each other. Why are we going to be able to talk sense to each other when we have two babies in the room? Selena's like, oh, okay, I guess you're grown up now and rolls her eyes. And she's like, you argue with me all the time. And he's like, I'm not trying to say I'm grown. I'm only 21 years old and I'm still a kid. I understand that. The audience seems pissed about that. And Selena's like, you're a man, Joe. Because <laughs> cause he's 21. And he's this poor guy. He's like, okay, I know that. I'm just saying I got a lot of growing up to do. And I understand that. But right now, I don't think we should be together because we're two different people. Because we're two different people. That was like, I wish you could have ended stronger. Because because we're two different people. It's not, doesn't, everybody's two, every, every relationship is made up of two different people. You're never going to be the same person as your partner. You shouldn't want that even. Selena says, well, you don't want to try. You just want to run when things get bad. Joe's like, I'm not trying to run. Again, Selena comes out with this soundbite. She's he cared enough about me to get me pregnant. He should try to be with me, but he don't want to work things out. Never has. And then Sally, this is what's so confusing about Sally. Sometimes when she's right, she's right. I guess she's like, wait, when you say work things out, you're asking a man who says, I don't love you to live with you to work things out. You don't work out if you're not really in love with somebody. Commercial. When we come back, Sally's goes back to her her soapbox and says okay so 24 million and three and counting maybe 24 million and four i see you sally but i'm not entertained next up jarena jarena is a weird name it's fine, I guess. Jarena says she loves her husband, Lamont, even though he left when she was six months pregnant to go live with his mom. Jarena looks like somebody else I went to school with. Again, you guys don't care, but it wasn't just the face in that case. I think it was also like the hair and the eyebrows a little bit. 
everybody, or sorry, her eyebrows are too thin. Is I mean, again, that's a common 90s problem, and my eyebrows are soups thin too, so no shade for me. Her hair is really bad, though. It's like jaw length with no layers in it, like a straight across. Ugh, it looks really bad. And it's like been dyed red at some point, but faded, and the roots look really weird. I, I you guys, everybody do what they want and live your best life, obviously. But I have previously dyed my hair red as well, and I thought that it was good, and it wasn't, and it never is good. And I suggest not doing it if you ever think it's a good idea. Maybe don't. <laughs> I don't know. That's just my own advice. Jarena says, well, at first everything was fine. I thought we had a perfect relationship. We went places, did things. <laughs> Again, with the going places as a marker of having a good relationship. Uh, they we were all lovey-dovey. And then once she got pregnant, she says, we loved each other. I thought everything would be fine. And then I got pregnant. That is what she said. I didn't she got pregnant. We loved each other. I thought everything would be fine. Then I got pregnant. Didn't, didn't make sense. Sally says, okay, so one year ago, Lamont cheated on you and got another girl pregnant and she has had his baby. Everything is not perfect. Pardon me. Did you know about that? Jarena kind of laughed. She's like, yeah, I know that. I didn't just forget. Like, it's just, and Sally's like, well, I just said 2 million and four and now it's 2 million and five. Sally, I think it's actually 24 million and five, bitch. If you're going to come out with uh, facts and figures like that, be consistent. Sally now accuses Jarena of going to a fertility doctor to get pregnant in the first place. And kind of a half truth, I guess. Jarena clarifies that she was diagnosed with PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. And they were going to send her to a fertility doctor, but she got pregnant before she got there. So, like, yes, but no. Sally asks if she's in love with Lamont, and she says yes. Sally asks about what happened when his brother came to visit you. Jarena's like, well, from my point of view, it seemed like things got worse. Like, he was trying to be someone else to, like, impress his brother or be a role model for his brother or something. Sally asks her what Lamont's reaction was to the pregnancy, and Jarena says he was very happy. Sally asks... If he takes care of the child by that other woman, uh, no, like dot, 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 no, I guess. I don't know. Jarena's like, well, at first we weren't 100% sure on the paternity and he only just had that confirmed recently and she lives super far away and he hasn't been able to get there since finding out that he is like definitely the father. And Sally's like, so no, I hear that as a no. <laughs> it's like, okay, Sally, like again, what... I don't know how recently he found out, but yeah, I think we can give people a little bit of space on that. I mean, yes and no. In an ideal world, like, Lamont would be running or, like, would get the paternity results and send a check right away. But I don't uh, think that's a realistic expectation necessarily either. Uh, Sally asks Jarena what she thinks of Lamont's mother. Uh, Lamont and his mom are backstage in the like the nice waiting area where we can see their reactions. Jarena says, "Well, I mean, I thought I never thought she liked me, and I thought his family thought that I was trying to take him away, but Lamont did used to tell me that she liked me. I don't have anything against her. It's just Lamont needs to be on his own and not living with his mother." <laughs> Lamont, I guess, left two months ago. Selena says she has no idea why, no idea. Out come Lamont and his mom. Lamont is wearing like a no-collar mustard color button-up. I don't know what, I'm sure there's a word for those. I call them Star Trek, <laughs> Star Trek blazers. I don't know what to even call it. Star Trek shirts. And But it actually kind of might suit Lamont. It didn't look horrible somehow. Sally, I also love the name Lamont, by the way. Sally says, Lamont, why did you walk out on your fiance when she was six months pregnant? <laughs> Lamont seems like a happy, he's kind of smiling the whole time, but not in like a shitty, it's more like a nervous kind of way. I don't know. He's like, we were arguing all the time. We wasn't communicating. I just couldn't take it. Sally says, do you think that having a child by another woman might make her a little suspicious? <laughs> Lamont's like, yes, but I can honestly say we were not together when that happened. And then there's this really boring clarification, but it kind of comes down to like, uh, 
we were on a break situation. Sally says, Barbara, which is Lamont's mom, Barbara, what do you think the problem is between these two? Barbara says, well, I don't really know her that well. Like, we live in the same town. But what I know of their relationship is that she's an only child and she's pretty spoiled. In my opinion, she's selfish. Pretty bold claim to say about someone uh, that you just said you don't really know. And the mother of your grandchild-to-be. And also, as an only child, I think that's fucking rude (laughs) to say. I took it personally, but... Anyway, Sally's like, well, what do you think your son should do now? Barbara says, oh, he needs to commit to this relationship. He's going to take care of this baby either way. And Sally's like, but you're allow- yet you're allowing him to live in your house. Barbara's like, well, I'm not going to say he can't live with me. And Sally's like, I would. I'd say you're pregnant. You're an adult. You're living where you're living, which is exactly what someone who has never been in that situation would say, Sally. Maybe open your mind a little bit. Sally's like, to be fair, Sally's like, okay, well, you know what? I actually think it's fine for us to disagree about parenting. I don't really think that's like a major problem. Uh, Turns to Lamont says, are you in love with her? He says, yes, I am. Then why aren't you living with her? Well, like I said, we was, we was having problems. Like I've never had less information on what the problems were in my life. Sally's like, when you have problems, do you stay and work it out? Or do you go back to your mom? (laughs) question. Lamont's like, stay and work it out. And Sally's like, well, that's not happening though. So why? Lamont's like, well, I just couldn't take all the arguing all the time. We could have a future together if she would start trusting me more. Sally's like, well, it's a little hard to trust you when you went and had a baby with another woman. I'm back to that again. Doesn't sound very trusting. Lamont still being a good sport, but he's just kind of like, yeah really say anything poor guy between his mom and his girlfriend and Sally Barbara thinks that she should try to trust him she's like listen it only happened one time and she puts him out lots of times and Sally's like oh I didn't know that did you throw him out I just want to go back to the fact that Jarena says she has no idea why Lamont left but apparently she kicked him out Jarena's like, yeah, but there were good reasons. Sally's like, what reasons? And Jarena's like, the cheating. He tries to make me jealous. He puts me down. He puts all the blame on me like he's doing now. That sounds like a few different issues. Lamont says, well, I would like to be with you. I honestly do. If we can work things out, I would like to have a future with you and a family and raise our child together. If you can promise me that, then I do believe we could go from there. Promise you what? Like, I don't... The trust? I, I didn't understand. It just sounded like a weak-ass statement to me. Some random audience member starts yelling at them that they should get married. And Jarena's like... Not maybe to that, but she's like, yeah, we can try to, like, to work it out, I guess. And then we go to a commercial. When we get back, we meet Patty. <laughs> she has three children. And Sally's like, all by the same man? Patty's also a good sport. She's, like, laughing. And she's like, no. And then Sally's like... I'm the only person I know that always asks that question. And I was like, yeah, because it's rude as fuck, Sally. Like, does that not tell you something? You don't hear other people asking it? Do you think maybe there's a reason? Because it's rude to ask. (laughs) Patty is, like, smiling. She has a really nice smile, too. And, like, long, dark hair. A thick bang. She's very pretty. It suits her. She explains, like, she explains that she has three kids by two fathers a six-year-old by one, and then a 14-month-old and a three-week-old by the one, like, by the guy that she is currently married to. She says six months ago, she was very sad. Everything really felt like it fell apart. He didn't help her with the existing baby, and he would tell her that she was fat and ugly. Again, not taking care of your kids is different than calling your wife fat and ugly. That's sort of more verbal abuse, but okay. Sally's tells her she's neither, which is 100% true. And she says thank you with a laugh. And she looks amazing. Like, I thought she looked pretty. And then being three weeks postpartum, she looks incredible. Sally gets all confused about, like, the ages of the kids. Because she tries, she's like, so you have three kids under three? And Patty's like, no, I have a six-year-old. Like, <laughs> So we sort that out. Apparently, Patty's husband came to the hospital for the delivery. Then he went out to celebrate becoming a dad and never came back to pick her up from the hospital. Patty is laughing and agreeing. 
Which is nice until I remember that that happened three weeks ago. Are you okay? Like, that's really traumatic. I don't... It's just the timeline doesn't seem to add up with the emotions that are being presented. Patty says pointedly to the guest, like, Patty's not here to, I don't know, this guy's MIA, I guess, so she's just kind of here to, I don't know, tell her story, I guess, for the people, because <laughs> Sally doesn't think people listen to her. Patty says pretty pointedly to, like, the other guests that sex also stopped for her when she got pregnant. She sees that as, like, a red flag, which I don't see that as a red flag necessarily, but okay. Patty says, if I feel that if a man can leave you when you're pregnant, why would you want him anyway? <laughs> Which I said, because you have a kid with him. <laughs> like, not to want him, but you should probably want him to be a dad. I don't know. We go to commercial. When we get back, Dr. Gilda Carl is back. We've met her before, y'all. <laughs> if you've listened to past episodes, Gilda's back. Gilda looks even more like a principal than Sally does somehow. They look like they are running competing schools for girls or something like that. I don't know. She's just got exactly the same fucking look. Which I think she did last time also. I bet they're BFFs in real life. They go shopping together. <laughs> something like that. Sally's still counting her stupid count. She's up to 24 million and six, she says. Gilda says, well, look what we have here. Everyone on stage is in their early 20s. The oldest person is 21. And we have to say something about having babies at such a young age. It just can't work with responsibility. The guys impregnated these women. In one case, the woman used trickery or of some kind to make him think she was pregnant. Again, I don't feel like that was really justified to say. Uh, anyway, she says, you don't have babies based on that. And you certainly don't have relationships based on that. It just doesn't work. First, she talks to Selena and Joseph. She like swans over to them. So fucking dramatic. And she says, it takes like to the audience in the most condescending way. She's like, it takes how many people to make a relationship? The audience all together, like a class of students says, two. She's like, he said he doesn't want you. He wants to help raise the child. Don't say no. At some point, you're going to have to accept this, honey. Selena's trying to be like, well, that's not what I'm saying. Gilda says she's concerned about the two little babies. And if Selena's angry, the anger is going to be fed into them and blah, blah, blah. Again, I don't, that is a danger, but I don't think it's like a necessity that that's what's going to happen. Sally asks Selena and Joe if they ever thought it was bad to contribute to the statistics that she keeps on about by having babies without being married. Like, fuck you, Sally. No, nobody, nobody thinks that way. Why would you think that way? Like, you know, I'm 16 and I think I want to have a baby with my boyfriend, but also like, I don't want to contribute to the terrible statistics about fatherless children in our country. Like, no, (laughs) I guarantee you that is, again... That'd be cool, I guess, if people thought that way, but that is not realistic to expect of anyone. She asks if they understand that, I guess, and Joe is like, no, not really. <laughs> Sally, in like the bitchiest voice, is like, well, it's called illegitimacy, and the child knows that the rest of their life, there's a lot of legal ramifications, spewing out babies, you're condemning the babies to legal problems. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Condemning the babies to legal problems. What? Like, <laughs> is there pain? You are not. Like, that's not, I'm not saying that it's good or like, again, but the way that Sally tries to dr- dramaticize this or like make it all dramatic, if you will, is not warranted. Gilda switches to Leanne and Troy. Gilda is like, and how did she become pregnant? By osmosis? Well, what are you going to do when the child is here? Troy's like, take care of it. Leanne starts it on this. She's like, you only wanted tax rates for the kids. When I gave him the annulment papers, he said, well, I don't get tax rates and I want tax rates. And me personally at home, I was like, what the fuck are tax rates? Is that something in the States that I don't know about? Like just to be able to claim them as a dependent or something? Who gives, like, I guess, I don't know. Okay. 
we'll get there in a second with Gilda anyway, but Troy goes on this big tangent about money and if I'm doing this much child support and then this, then I should get this. And Gilda's like, listen, having kids is not about high finance. Like, no matter what, I don't know how your job at Denny's is going to support this baby. And I was like, that... That is beyond the pale, Gilda. Fuck you. Lots of people work at Denny's and they should be able to do that job and support their families. Like, that's still a job. Do you like Denny's, Gilda? Okay, well, people gotta eat, even the servers, so fuck you. Like, to look down your nose at a job like that. And I don't know why she says he works at Denny's. I don't even know where that came from. Anyway... Troy says, well, if she can, I think I make, if she can get $400 plus per month in child support, I think I make enough money. And Sally's like, that's not the point. What point is it then? That's Gilda's point. Like, she says, the point is that for joint custody, legally, 50% of the time, you wake up in the middle of the night, you change 50% of the diapers, you feed the baby 50% of the time. So that means if you have a one-week-old baby, you're going to walk around and take care of it for the second week? And Troy's like, no. And Sally's like, don't think so. (laughs) It's not that these people are correct. It's just like, what are we going after them for? Like, it's so confusing. Not confusing, just rude to, like, put so much shit on these people who are already in a tight spot. When we get back from commercial, Gilda's on to Lamont and Jorina now. And I don't even want to give this attention because Gilda and the audience start super pressuring Lamont to marry Jorina in a way that feels so uncomfortable. Lamont, like, Gilda gets down on eye level. <laughs> Lamont is sitting in a chair. She, like, goes down on her knees so she can look him in the eye and feed him the words. And it's so awkward. He's, like, stumbling around. He's, like, trying... But he's stumbling around the words, and then finally, some smart audience member starts just being like, you're forcing it. And Sally's like, yeah, with all respect, I feel like he's being forced to do this. <laughs> okay. I don't know what you ladies want. At a certain point, like, what do you want? You want the guys to take responsibility, but you... So you're pressuring them to get married, even though that really shouldn't be part of it. And then... <laughs> Like, well, don't force it. Like, what do you want from them? I don't understand. We get a couple audience, I don't know, comments, questions. The first one said a lot of good sense. Eh, it was a lot of words, though. It was like, for the ladies, if you knew you were going to sleep with the guy without protection, you should have had in the back of your mind, am I ready just in case I get pregnant? Again, good advice that no one is ever going to take. For you, Troy, you got major issues you got to deal with before you can also deal with her and the baby, too. You're letting confusion and pressure run and ruin your life. Don't feel like we know enough about Troy to say that. To Lamont, you're not so convincing, buddy. If you're not ready to marry her, don't say it, because you're looking stupid. Again, it was fucking the audience and Gilda who tried to make him do that, but okay. And she says, he says, or he says to Pat, you go, girlfriend, you making it. Gilda tries to backtrack on the marriage thing, which she was absolutely guilty of. She says, well, what she's concerned about is them raising the baby together. That's most important. Gilda, fuck you. That is not... Yeah, okay. (laughs) That's not the line, the narrative you were giving us, like, 30 seconds ago. Different audience member talks about the lying between Troy and Leanne, but they didn't really make any new or interesting points there. And then an audience member in... A Barbie pink blazer. She's like an older black lady. She's got like super short dyed blonde hair. She's waving the mic like it's a wand. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had to use a handheld mic, but like, no, <laughs> you can't just start waving it around. It's so weird. Like, um, it's not close to her mouth at all. You know what I mean? There's no regard for like keeping the mic the same distance from her mouth or anything like that. She's just point like fully pointing at people with the mic. <laughs> it's like, don't do that she says i have grandchildren and i'm a great grandmother and i always tell them when they go out something's bound to happen all right commercial (laughs) so we sally wraps this up saying so between everyone there are eight children without a dad in their home 24 million and eight which i was like well three are patties like that's (laughs) kind of a misleading okay uh see you next time join us on our website And I'll see you next time, next week.
on the podcast again. I hope you'll come back. Thank you for tuning in. If you have a really quick second to make all my dreams come true and you would feel okay rating and or reviewing and or subscribing, that would mean the world to me. And thank you so much if you've already done that. If you want to connect with me, you can reach out to me on Facebook at Reality Roots Pod Profile or you can email me at realityrootspod at gmail.com. Until next time, have a great week, guys, and I hope everybody's having a great pride. Okay, bye!